This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can you know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Keep on growing, all that other stuff. We've had some some people actually interacted with us on Twitter, which is cool. We don't get a ton of interaction on Twitter. We get more on Facebook and through email. But I guess all oh. of, I guess all of you are shy. You don't want to put your stuff out there on Twitter. Yeah, I noticed too that you're still using my uh, really old Twitter name. Oh, am I? Tag me and stuff. <laughs> oh well, that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look for Mike's new Twitter handle. Massive late fee Mike, I think. Massive late Mike, maybe I don't know. Massive late Mike. I can't be too upset if I don't know my own Twitter name. <laughs> uh, well, today in the news, so Mike, this week was San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Guess how much we're going to talk about that. Hopefully, not a lot. Uh none, basically, because I really don't care. <laughs> They had they Marvel debuted a bunch of crap. Um, if you if you are interested in San Diego Comic Con and like a bunch of Comic Con stuff, I would check out the Weekly Planet. Uh, the Weekly Planet does a very good podcast that focuses specifically on comic book movies. They're not part of the network, although uh, James and Mason, if you guys want to move your your incredibly successful network over here, I will absolutely uh, welcome you with open arms. But they they do a very good job with comic book things. So if you, if you're interested in that, you can go there. I really don't care. The Marvel's debuting like ten properties. One of them is female Thor. Natalie Portman's going to be female Thor, and then Blade with uh, Marshala Ali, the two time Oscar winner, is going to be it, Blade. I don't know what he won Oscars for. I know he's in True Detective season three, which I have not seen. Um, but I, I might check it out. I mean, I, I didn't, see, I saw most of the first season of True Detective. I mm-hmm. saw very little of two, but I heard the third season was decent. Yeah, I heard the third season was good too. It, it went in, in odds. The first season was supposed to be good. Second season, not good. Third season was supposed to be good. He won for Moonlight and Green Book. Okay, actually, that's what I thought. I thought, I thought he was in Green Book. I wasn't sure what else he was in, but yeah, Moonlight, that makes sense. He's a really good actor, and apparently he just called up Kevin Feige, head of, of the Marvel movies, and said, I want to be Blade. <laughs> well, well, that's good, because you need a really good actor to play Blade. <laughs> right, exactly. But Kevin Feige's like, you know, when he calls, you're just like, okay, sure. Uh, but that's, I guess that'll be the extent of, I, I, I hadn't planned on talking about any of it, but I guess that'll be the extent of... Uh, San Diego Comic Con. I don't follow it. I don't. I don't watch it or anything like that. Yeah, I, I've been. I like the. I'm a big fan of the Conan O'Brien show. He did. He does mm-hmm. like a special at Comic Con. So I was watching that. So I there's a couple things on there that I saw, but I don't really know much. Of. Yeah, I, I watch the movies because I'm a sadist, I guess. <laughs> but I don't. I don't really watch the TV shows, and I don't get into the comic book, the, like the co- convention stuff. So. But our first story is about Disney being a bunch of pricks. 
Oh wow! I think I know which one you're. Is this the one that I uh, retweeted this week? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Mike tipped me off to this story, and I decided, you know what? Disney's got billions upon billions of dollars. We might as well kick at their shins, I guess. But a little boy died of a incredibly rare form of cancer, and in in England, and his parents wanted to put Spider Man on his gravestone because Spider-Man was his favorite his favorite character. He was four years old. And Yeah, there were a bunch of very sad pictures of the poor kid like going through chemo with like a Spider-Man figure, you know, entwined into like the webbing of like his different, you know, leads and, you know, wires and stuff like Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty heartbreaking. And so the they wrote to Disney and they asked if they could get it. The people that make the headstones, and I don't know how many of you have buried family members out there, but headstones are expensive. The guys that made the headstones say that they would donate it to the family for free if Disney gives the okay to put Spider-Man on there. And they responded that they don't like their brand to be associated with death. Therefore, they can't, they don't allow uh their characters to go on any monuments so they couldn't do it they did offer them a commemorative celluloid signed to the kid he's dead uh he's not going to get a lot of use out of that and uh, yeah you're right disney does hate uh you know profiteering off of death uh, i mean there's not a single disney movie where a character dies in it right exactly flash to every single wait, disney wait a movie. second That's, doesn't spider-man's uncle die in the movie yeah exactly spider-man's uncle's all like you know with great power comes great risk. oh i'm shot but uh, yeah, the Spider-Man's uncle dies in the movie. The entire setup to the movie that just broke Avatar's record, the cliffhanger to that film, is half of all the universe being uh, turned into dust. So yeah, they they certainly do deal in death sometimes, and but it's just there's no money in this for them, I guess. So so they don't care. I wish the family had just done it, and then if Disney got word, they'd be in the weird position of having to sue them. That would have been the best. Absolutely. the best possible. Exactly. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. They should have just done it. I mean, that's another bullshitty part about this is, I mean, technically that's their character because they bought it, but they didn't fucking create Spider-Man. Yeah, no kidding. Steve Ditko should have a say in, oh, he's dead too, isn't he? Well, he just gets Stanley. Lee. Uh, fuck. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, so... So Disney pricks, anyone listening to this show, if you want to tweet at Disney and uh, call them pricks and call them out for this, go ahead and be my guest. I, I, in a very small way, I get where they're coming from, where we don't want this on a bunch of memorials and shit. But I mean, you can't make exceptions for four-year-old kids that die of cancer. It's ridiculous to me. Like you, like you said, there's no money in it for them. So I guess they're against it. Yeah. So the only the only other two. I mean, it's things, not like a fucking remake of a movie they already did, right? Exactly. If someone resurrected this kid and rebooted him, then maybe they'd maybe they'd want the rights to his life story. Mm. So uh, the other the other the only other things that I have to talk about as far as news goes today are two trailers that came out. Obviously, there was a bunch of trailers that came out because of Comic Con. The first one that I'll mention, I guess, because I know Mike has no has no emotion or feeling about this in any way, is the Cats trailer, which or the trailer for the movie Cats, which was horrifying. Is <laughs> yep. one of the weirdest looking things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I heard a lot of like 
crazy like reactions to it, but I didn't see it. It just, I, I mean, I can't imagine it'd be good. It's so weird. And you know, when Taylor Swift went on Twitter and said, pretty soon all of you are going to see my pussy, I did not expect that that's what she meant this trailer. <laughs> like we want to see the other one. What's her name? Taylor Swiss? <laughs> David Swiss. Oh yeah, that's right. David Swiss. So this is gross. <laughs> no, but the, this trailer is so weird. They look so strange. I remember. First of all, I hate cats. Not the How anim- dare you? Not the animal cats, but I hate. Oh, okay. I hate the musical cats. And I, I, T. S. Eliot's my favorite poet. I even kind of hate the uh, the poem that this is based on. Uh, you know, Practical Cats and. The the movie seems like a really stupid idea to me. It's like there's some plays that just don't translate well to movies. Like you wouldn't make Our Town into a movie. And I'm sure they probably have done that. But it seems like a dumb play to make. Into I, I've a seen movie. a recording of it. <laughs> because which it's, is really ridiculous because there's no set. Yeah, exactly. There's no there's no set, and everyone's miming their actions. There's no props. So I'm sure if they did make a movie about it, they they just. They, they substituted all that stuff. They, there was a set. There were props. I'm sure that they did uh, They did something like that, even though that you know, sort of destroys the entire thing of the, about the play. No, what they would do is they'd film the entire thing just like the play, but then it would cost like $50 million or more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the other, the other trailer that I saw, which I was interested in, is the Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer. Mike, did you watch this one? Yeah, I did actually. What was your what were your impressions on it? I, mean, I thought it was interesting, but it it ultimately didn't really show you anything, which isn't a bad thing because a lot of like previews and stuff, you know, just like show you like <coughs> pardon me all the best parts of the movie or TV show. It's like oh, mm-hmm. by the time you go to see it, it's just like oh, I've already seen all the best parts. Literally, I I don't get anything else out of this. Movie. Yeah, I think that it it looks like it's going to be a reboot like a true reboot where they're kind of just doing the same plot over again, but it's going to be slightly different. Yeah. There's a lot of the same lines from mm-hmm. the, uh, the movie in there. And, uh, I mean, it looks fun. Jason Lee's in it. Ben Affleck's in it. I think I saw Matt Damon in it briefly. Uh, Val Kilmer, uh, yep. Kevin uh, Smith's, uh, daughter who was in, uh, yoga hosers. Yep. Enough said about that. <laughs> um, don't get me started yeah. on yoga hosers. Yeah, that, that was pretty great, though. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, I mean, there's like a wide variety of, you know, people from other Kevin Smith movies. Even people with like minor roles are also in this. So it looks like it's going to be fun for sure. But I don't know if it'll be like a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if it'll be a great movie. And I don't know if it will be very successful financially. But I think, kind of like Jay and Silent Bob, it will be tailor made specifically for you and I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess um, like in October at some point when it comes out, uh, they're going to have a double feature of Jay and Bob Strike Back and then the reboot. Oh, really? Yeah, it seems kind of fun, but it seems kind of like it's going to be very long. Yeah, I I don't usually like to see two movies back to back. It's a big time commitment to put in. Yeah, you might have to for this one, though. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. Uh, we'll, We'll record live from the theater and just yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be quiet so we don't bother the other two people there right we'll just ruin everyone else's time it wouldn't be the first time uh but so yeah we we ruined uh dustin Enet's time a little bit when he choked almost choked to death yeah uh so now uh we're going to educating mike this is where for for new viewers this is where i educate mike 
on a film. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes he's seen it. Mike, have you ever heard of the 1981 film Roar? No. Okay, so this movie is a vanity project, basically, from Noel Marshall, who was one of the producers on The Exorcist and a few other films in the 70s. So he made a, he made a bunch of money uh, through producing, producing that film and some other films. And he was married to Tippi Hedren at the time, and his daughter is, one of his daughters is Melanie Griffith. So they all star in this film alongside his two sons, John and I think oh, it's Jerry. Oh, shit. I, I know what you're talking about now. Isn't this a documentary? No, no. This is... Oh, I thought they actually lived with these lions, though, didn't they? Yes, they did. The, so this movie, for, for those of you that don't know, is sort of infamous. It's about a family that, that lives with, with lions. And I guess Tippi Hedren, when she was filming a, a movie in Mozambique, uh, Satan's Harvest, she kind of she came across this plantation is, house. is that the name of the movie or your uh your uh derisive term for uh <laughs> for mozambique <laughs> yes <laughs> mozambique aka satan's harvest <laughs> uh shout out to all the listeners in mozambique uh wa- watch your back that's right. all i have to say <laughs> But no, so she came across a plantation house that had been overrun by a bunch of lions, and she learned about how they were being poached and their their numbers were dwindling. So she decided to rescue some of these these animals. They lived with them in a few different places: Sherman Oaks, Santa Clara, and and I think even Beverly Hills, where they lived. And the sheriff came out and said, you know, you can't, you can't do this. You can't have a bunch of lions here. So they started a preserve in Acton, California. And they, their son mostly like lived and slept in a house with, with all these lions. So they, Noel Marshall decided he wanted to make a movie. It's the barest wisp of a plot of, of, of this film. Basically, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to read the plot summary because I really don't need to, but the entire plot of the movie, and that's not what's fun about this movie anyway, but, the, but I did watch it. I watched this movie on YouTube and, and it's available for free on YouTube. The, and it was never, it was released actually I think in 2014 in the United States, but it was made in the 70s and released overseas in 1981. But it did. Well, yeah, it was released in 2015 in the United States. It took that long to, to get here. But anyway, the plot is basically this guy moved to Mozambique to study lions and live with them. And his family flies in. They haven't seen him for three years. His he and his wife are sort of having troubles in their relationship. So his two sons and his daughter, played by his real life sons sons and daughter. And his real life wife, Tippy Hedron, fly in and go to meet him. There's a miscommunication. He goes to pick them up late. They end up coming to the house and and encountering the lions without him there to sort of explain what's going on and that they're all nice and everything. Uh, and the, then it basically turns into a horror film where they're hiding from the lions, trying to get away from the lions. Then he comes there. They they realize that the lions are all nice and things like that. And I think the, 
I think the message of the movie is supposed to be that you don't have to be afraid of of lions. But in addition to lions, there are tigers there as well. <laughs> Elephants and just all manner of animals, but and black black panthers are there. I think there's a cheetah there as well. All these animals that don't wouldn't necessarily live together. Like lions and tigers don't normally interact with each other in the wild. But the the crazy part about this movie is that you know as it says in the beginning of the film, great care was taken not to harm any of the animals but over 70 of the cast and crew and by some accounts maybe as many as 100 were injured uh, during the filming of this. And there there were some really, really bad ones. The cinematographer, uh, Jan, uh, Jan DeBont, had his head completely scalped by a lion while he was filming and had to get 220 stitches. Uh, Tippi Hedren, his wife, broke her leg after an elephant bucked her off its back. Uh, she was also bitten in the neck by a lion, which required 38 stitches. Melanie Griffith, her daughter, had to get 50 stitches to her face, and it was feared she would lose an eye after she was mauled by one of the lions. Noel does Marsh- it say, yeah, does it say if the lions thought they were about to have strokes? <laughs> I assume that, maybe that was part of it. That, that might just be tigers, though. I could be confused on this. <laughs> No, Mar- and what's funny is the tigers seem so much more tame than the lions. Like, not necessarily, like, not, I mean, they fought a little bit, but I guess maybe because there were more lions. The lions. That, uh- that is insane because tigers are just vicious, vicious, murderous beasts. Like, I was watching this video on YouTube a few weeks ago, and it was like someone at a zoo, and like, whenever mm-hmm. they turn their back on the tiger, it just crept closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like uh, park rangers in a park in India where they had to, like, they just kept getting, like, you know, killed by tigers left and right they would just like snatch him off their boats and eventually they had to wear like a mask with like a face on the back of it so they thought they were being looked at because for some reason they won't attack you if you're staring at them apparently mm-hmm. i mean don't don't take that to heart i could be wrong but right they're le- they'll say less likely but it, yeah it's just tigers are very like vicious like deadly creatures not that lions aren't but like yikes like, i think lions are more like solo kind of hunters so they're mm-hmm. gonna be more likely to stalk and just kill you yeah, the, and the lions seemed more playful. Like they, they would, but they play fight with each other. So they they were doing that a lot on the on the film. Uh, Noel Marshall was attacked so many times he was diagnosed with gangrene. <laughs> Jesus! But there were so many injuries on this set. It, it cost them seventeen million dollars to make this movie in the late seventies and early eighties, and it made two million at the box office. So it did not do well. It's probably just settling lawsuits. Yeah, no kidding. They the so the movie it kind of, it opens with this this guy comes and he says he's supposed to be a, a native African and he says I don't they don't never say what country they're supposed to be in in Africa maybe it's Mozambique uh, Satan's harvest <laughs> but uh, he he comes in and says that he basically he he's basically the voice of the audience because. He's like, you're crazy. I can't believe you're doing this. This is ridiculous. Why are you living with these lions? And he seems incredibly frightened the entire time. And Noel Marshall the entire time is walking around saying, oh, they're so friendly and nice and everything. And then a lion just comes up and knocks him over on the ground. I mean, that's that's mainly what the movie is. And there's a lot of shots of tigers just 
either attacking people or fighting with each other. The, I guess the main antagonists are supposed to be these two hunters that are trying to kill the lions that end up getting mauled and, and killed. And then uh, the one the one lion that's really no worse than any of the other lions, but he says, oh, that's the bad one. He's like a rogue and trying to uh, attack other lions. At one point in the film, I don't know if they just presented them a dead zebra off stage because there were zebras in this preserve as well, or if they just actually hunted and killed a zebra. But at one point, you can see a bunch of lions just ripping apart a zebra and then bringing like a zebra leg into the house to to munch on it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot going on in this film. But it, it it's crazy, and it's it's a kind of a disturbing watch because... The whole time you're you're thinking, oh my God, what's gonna happen? Who's gonna get? Who's gonna get gotten? Because it's just, it's insane. I can't. I I am all for, uh, like giant big cats not getting hunted out. You know, not getting poached. I'm not for big game hunting or, or anything like that. But let them just live in the wild, in the savanna and the jungle and and all the places that they live. You know, away from people. Let them have their their land and, and just don't mess with them just let them be free so parents guide on uh, roar there's there's nothing in sex and nudity and there really isn't there's nothing in profanity nothing in uh drugs and alcohol nothing in well in frightening scenes and uh violence and gore that's that's where you get it madeline's leg was broken while filming when the elephant picked her up okay that's a misnomer actually by the way too a lot of people think, because what happens is she's in a boat and the elephant grabs her with its tusks and pulls her up on, this is Tippy Hedron, pulls her up on its back. And a lot of people think that the elephant's trunk squeezed so hard around her leg that it fractured it. How she actually fractured her leg was falling off the elephant. Because after it like throws her up on it, on its back, it kind of bucks her off and she falls off. And that fall is what act, is how she actually fractured her leg. But yeah, pretty bad leg break. Uh, then it just says, this movie is a series of people being attacked by lions <laughs> and lions fighting each other, as well as tigers and other cats, which is true. That's accurate. That is basically the plot of the film. Uh, a couple of people were covered in blood after being attacked, and, and there's real blood on the on the screen, too. An elephant was picking Madeline up with its trunk and destroying a barrel later on. It wasn't really a barrel, though. It What happened is, is the elephant destroyed the boat. For whatever reason, I don't know why... But the elephant just messed up this boat. It it crushed it with its legs. It just fucked it up, picked it up, threw it around, kicked it. It really hated this boat for some reason. Uh, and then it says, frightening and intense scenes. It gets violent halfway through the film, but nobody has died, but rather got injured. It indeed has a happy ending. <laughs> a bunch of people getting violently injured. Uh, the best review, I think, on here, not the most stars, but the, I think just the best title for the review uh, on IMDb, uh, says, Spineless Garbage. <laughs> uh, and basically talks about how Noel Marshall is an egotist and this is a vanity project, which is absolutely accurate. So that is Roar. What do you think, Mike? Are you going to check it out on YouTube? No. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, you don't really need to check it out. Uh, it's, you can just watch one clip of tigers attacking someone and that's the entire movie anyway. 
So now we will move on to keeping current with Mike. Mike, this is where we plumb the depths of the gossip world to try to figure out what's going on. I guess this is kind of like educating both of us. Uh, Mike, where are we going this week? All right. Uh, this week we're going to usmagazine.com nice. um, to see. I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't think we've gone here before, which is weird because it's like in the top 15 of the list I have. All right, I, I already, starting off, I don't even know who this person is. Okay. Uh, let's see, Brielle Bierman spent $100 on chicken tenders in midst of airport snafu. Wow. Brielle Bierman. Okay, so let's figure out who Brielle Bierman is. Does she have an IMDb? Uh, I don't know. I have no, I, it says it's under food. I don't know if that's considered food because the chicken tenders or if she's in some sort of food business, like a chef maybe. Okay, so let's see. This can't be it. No. Kimberly Marie Zolak Bierman. Uh, that's can't be the person. Maybe that's her mom or something. Let's see. Brielle Bierman is an Italian Amer- or an American Italian socialite. <laughs> 20, what? 22 years old. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what, does, what does that even mean? She's born in America and lives in Italy? Is that what they're saying? I guess, maybe. Because I've heard, as ridiculous as the term is, I've heard Italian-American, which means, like, your ancestors are from Italy or something. Right. What the fuck does American or Italian mean? That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, she uh, maybe she lives in Italy now, but she went to Johns Creek High School and Roswell High School. Or Roswell High School, I mean. You know who else uh, lived in Italy? Uh, Beverly D'Angelo. She was married to an Italian account for a while ago. Oh, nice. I did not realize that. Yeah, I listened to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast with her on it, and they explained that. So she is 22, born in Atlanta, Georgia, and is known for the show Don't Be Tardy. Is that a uh, Saved by the Bell ripoff or something? It sounds like it. So let's see. Like, it sounds like the English version of uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't be tardy. <laughs> it's satisfactory because I'm not tardy. Uh, Don't Be Tardy is an American reality television series that premiered in 2012. Uh, let's see. It follows the daily life of Kim Kim Zolciak, an American television... Uh, so, I think that's her mom. She's from on The Real Housewives. And Croy Bierman, a former American football defensive end and outside linebacker. He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the fifth round in 2008. Uh, he must have sucked. <laughs> um, I, probably, yeah. Because I've never heard of him. Uh, although I'm sure you could kick my ass, Croy, because you know you did make it to the NFL. Uh, so I guess that's she's she's on that show. It's it's a reality show about somebody's life. We were vaguely famous for some reason, and that's uh, that's who she is. So she paid a hundred dollars for a chicken tender. Great. <laughs> That's a t- that's a that's a top story, by the way. What news? <laughs> God. Or is that really common on uh, the price of uh, chicken tenders at the airport? Yeah, no kidding. I s- I'm so glad that the press is the only constitutionally protected business. <laughs> God, let's see, let's see. Average price of chicken tenders uh, <laughs> at an airport. <laughs> Let's see if let's see if Google gives me anything on that. Let's see. Oh, Phoenix Airport have prices gone up. 
Uh, let's see. You can expect to pay fifteen dollars for chicken tenders, so that's quite above the the average. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fifteen dollars for chicken tenders at the airport. Go fuck yourself. All right. The next uh, next uh, rip from the headline story is. Mm-hmm. Black China reveals which Kardashian kid is Dream's favorite cousin. Okay. Now, because uh, we because we live in a terrible country full of assholes, I know way too much about the story. Let's see, Black China is... I think she might have dated Kanye West at some point. I um, think she has a child with the Kardashian brother guy. Okay. So basically what she's saying is her, like, two-year-old child has a favorite cousin, and it's worthy of mentioning. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like, first of all, if your two-year-old says they have a favorite person, that's hardly newsworthy. Right, no kidding. Let me tell you the first the first line on Wikipedia of Black China's uh, career. Black China began stripping in Maryland <laughs> to pay for college tuition. While attention... Yeah. Atten- <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she went to college. Right. A J- Johnson and Wales University in Miami, Florida. Wait, what? She stripped in Maryland to pay for for college in Florida? That makes sense. It was a hell of a commute. That's why she needed all that money. <laughs> okay, here's the next line. But she resumed stripping and was too exhausted to attend classes. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped out after repeatedly falling asleep in class, focusing it- instead on stripping and modeling. You remember the old expression, yeah, she's hot, she's stripper hot, but is she Maryland stripper hot? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So, she, uh, I guess her exotic look made her popular radio host, Angela Yee, described her as looking like someone who is going to be famous. Okay, I guess. I mean, she doesn't look special to me in any way. I I bet, I I didn't read the story, but I bet her her kid incidentally likes the most famous of the cousins. Like, (laughs) oh, that's your favorite cousin. She probably fucking yells at this child, uh, no, no. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She was cast as Nicki Minaj's stunt double in the song Monster by Kanye West. What? I guess, I don't know. She's had several surgeries to increase her breast size. She also had a surgery to make them smaller. Okay. (laughs) Make up your mind. Her chest is a choose-your-own-adventure novel. <laughs> Let's see. So, personal life. Uh, China said rapper Tiga Tiga asked her to join him on tour in 2011, but she refused. That sounds like something a stripper would do. Let's see. She appeared in his music video, Rack City, and began a relationship with him. They had a son together. Uh, they split in 2014 when she began a relationship with Kylie Jenner, which, oh, when he began a relationship with Kylie Jenner. China and Jenner feuded with each other over social media, but China mended her relationship with the Kardashians after she began dating Jenner's half-brother, Rob Kardashian. Their daughter was born in 2016. So, that's so weird. <laughs> I guess Breaking the, news. Yeah, they're split up now, so... Yeah, I, have an update, I have an update on our big chicken tinder story. Okay, yeah, what's up? I clicked the link and I realized it was a clickbait link. Oh, really? It wasn't actually at the uh, at the airport, but at a, uh, a trendy restaurant just outside the airport where the mm. chicken uh, strip tinders cost $25 and a plate of flies is an additional $12. So really, it's not unreasonable if you consider the prices. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous, those prices, but yeah. 
I mean, it's like an you know, like a upscale restaurant will charge you, you know, twelve dollars for a plate of fries. Right. So so far, we've got reality TV star or daughter of reality TV star buys chicken <laughs> and former <laughs> f- former. Well, when you put it like that, it kind of demeans the whole story. There. <laughs> Former stripper's daughter has favorite relative. <laughs> Where are we going now? This next one is uh, Wendy Williams breaks down, says she won't reconcile with his strange husband, Kevin Hunter. Quote, girl, no. <laughs> That's her quote. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so. And, and what's another funny part before before we break that open a bit uh-huh. is it's you know like they'll have like a a, a little like a header for the story. Mm-hmm. This is like a, t- a hashtag kind of thing. It's under splits. Oh it's god! Like like oh they they split. Oh. So unfortunately, I know who Wendy Williams is. Uh, talk, oh, I hate Wendy Williams with a passion. Talk show host. I think she. I, I think she was friends with Oprah or something. And I don't know anything about this Kevin Hunter, though. So, I don't know. It's her husband who, uh, who I guess had an affair on her. I mean, if you could imagine anybody having an affair on her. Yeah, how could you? (laughs) How could you walk away from that face? Right. Oh, God. Yeah, she's a very, she's very annoying to me. She might be a really good person, because I don't know anything about her. But No, she's not. (laughs) But she, she... I just she wouldn't even give Kevin Hunter a second chance. Seriously, when I used to work at the casino as a, as a dealer, there we had a common room where people would eat. You know, some people could sleep because we worked the overnight shift, and there was a TV in there. And sometimes I'd take my break, you know, early in the morning, and Wendy Williams' show would be on, and I just I would just walk out. <laughs> I couldn't even stand to be in the same room. Yeah, whenever I used to have lunch, like at work, we used to have cafeteria, which we don't anymore, but it all, that would always be on at the exact same time, and it just, oh, it bothered me so much. Yeah, no good. Yeah, that's oh. all we have in the celebrity news this week, Mark. Back to you! Alright, well, uh, I'm going to debut a new segment here. This is, now, I'm pretty sure where are they now is probably a copywritten term or or something, so this is uh, this is going to be called... What what are they up to? <laughs> so currently, yeah. So we're going to we're going to choose a movie and uh, find out what the stars are currently up to. So first up is uh, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> let's see let's see what the the stars of Gone with the Wind are up to. It's going to be a short a short section right here. Uh, so Clark Gable's dead. Uh, Nineteen sixty, he died. Vivian Lee's dead. Uh, George Reeves, uh, of course, famous for for playing Superman later. Uh, He's dead. Died in 1959. Uh, Ward Bond, dead. (laughs) Leslie Howard's dead. Uh, He died in the Bay of Biscay. That's kind of sad as fuck. Because he died uh, June 1st, 1943. Um, Hattie McDaniel, so she's dead. Uh, Barbara O'Neill's dead. Uh, Evelyn Keyes is dead. Thomas Mitchell's dead. Butterfly McQueen died in 1995. Is anybody alive from this movie? So, I guess that's the point of the segment. Let's find out who's actually alive. Uh, There are a couple living people from this movie, amazingly. 
but uh, let's see. So <laughs> I want to mention that there are several children in this movie as well, like uh, Cammie King Conlon, who played Bonnie Blue Butler. Yeah, she's dead. So next time you see that movie and you look at that little cute five-year-old face, uh, remember that she grew up to be an adult and then died. I think she was like 80. Uh, Olivia de Havilland is somehow still alive. <laughs> I mean, good for you, Miss de Havilland. June 1st, 1916. And uh, she is still alive. A, My God. A, 103 years old. I'd say 103 years young. Uh, Mickey Coon, who was one of the children, is also the other person that's still alive. He is currently 86. So that's uh, that's what they're up to now. <laughs> Most of them are dead. But those two are still alive. So uh, <laughs> maybe next week, if we do this again, I'll kind of go through some of their, their exploits and everything. I was originally going to do uh, Birth of a Nation as <laughs> the first Jeez. movie that we did. Isn't that your favorite movie? Right, exactly. <laughs> what a classic. But... That, uh, you know, I figured this would be more fun because at least a couple people are alive. Olivia, Olivia de Havilland, or, um, yeah, still, still, still hanging on. Good for you. Good for you. But you never shut up about fucking going out the window. <laughs> so now we're moving on to our parents' guide game. Uh, oh, wait, real, real quick. I, I mm-hmm. failed to realize something. Yeah. The U.S. Weekly or U.S. Magazine is the. Uh, <laughs> They're the company that does the stars are just like us thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be, rem- I'd be, I feel guilty if I didn't share this one with you. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of Sharon Stowe looking like kind of vaguely confused, picking out like glasses. <laughs> Another scintillating headline: Sharon no, Stowe buys glasses. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> the- this is what the headline reads. It says, they pick out sunglasses. And then under that, it goes, what a spectacle. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. 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 The guy that took that picture better better have said, what a scoop. <laughs> he probably did. Because that's the last time anyone cared about Sharon Stone. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. Yeah, we've seen your beeve. Congrats. Yeah, you're washed up in Hollywood now. Speaking of uh, giant beavers, have you ever seen that picture of uh, Demi Moore's uh, huge bush? <laughs> I have, actually. What the fuck? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's one of the weirdest things. Now you kind of know how Bruce Willis was able to get her. Yeah, exactly. It looks like she's turning to a panther vagina first. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it looks like she has Bob Ross. It looks like she has right. Bob Ross in a leg lock. It's a mess. It really is. Uh, clean that up, please. <laughs> when when she shaved her head for GI GI Jane, do you think that do you think that extended other parts? I think she just added that to the other hair. Yeah, exactly. She got a weave. <laughs> Notice GI Jane never wore shorts. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, so is it, is she still with Ashton Kutcher? Good luck, sir. I, I have no idea. Anyway, so on to the Parents Guide game. Uh, winner last week, uh, I guess Nicholas won last week. I'll, I'll go back and check and see if anyone else said anything, because I reposted it a bunch of times. I scheduled it to repost a bunch of times. This week, I'm telling you, guess it, or you're not getting this anymore. 
and no more prizes, no more first place prizes. I'm telling you, we're going to yeah. give away a fifty dollar uh, gift certificate at some point or to to that that. But it, unfortunately, it's to that restaurant where chicken wings cost twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you get two orders of chicken wings. Maybe you run into a possible celebrity, right? Uh, so I'll, I'll go first this week. Uh, okay. Let me see what the best one is. I'll start with profanity because it's, you know, it's it's pretty innocuous. Seven uses of goddamn and one use of Jesus's name in vain. They can't even say it. <laughs> I wish I wish I would have said the Lord's name in vain. Oh, seven uses of son of a bitch, five of ass, non-sexual, three of bastard, one of dick and crap. Is that dick and crap or just crap? dick and crap? <laughs> or like. Dick inside crap because that's very important to my guess here. It's, yeah, I mean that definitely changes the mood, right? One use of piece of ass and banging and banging from hostile characters <laughs> and some racial slurs, mainly against Italians, but towards other races also. This includes two uses of the N word, which they don't say the N word; they write it out, hard R and all. Wow! So good for them. Huh. Well, I know this one isn't super bad. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, that that's really... Huh. That sounds like... Is this Pulp Fiction again? No, they, that's using only two uses. <laughs> good call. Good call. It's not Pulp Fiction. But they way undershot that. <laughs> but good call. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino alone oh, uses that word right? more than two times. He describes his uh, his front lawn, right? With that word. Oh God! <laughs> A man threatens to break someone's neck. Hmm. Okay. True lies. No, but I saw that uh, you did that on Retro Relief. I really enjoy that movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it, we gave it a really good review too on Retro Fee because I love that movie too. It, it's it's just it's a really fun movie. It's yeah, even even though Arnold Schwarzenegger almost rapes his wife at one point. It's a right. fun movie. It's smart. It's you know, it, and it, it's fun. It 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 rides the line perfectly of you know, this is you know an action movie, but it's also a comedy. And, and yeah, it's like a fun. classic like screwball comedy almost with a lot of like. Really hard action parts, so you can enjoy it. You know, if you're into action, you can enjoy it. If you're into comedy, romance, absolutely, you can enjoy it. If you're into tricking your wife to thinking she was raped, <laughs> I'll, I'll type. Exactly. So I feel that James Cameron wrote that part, like, or they interrupted it because he just couldn't think of where to go from there. Yeah, no kidding. Did I mean, he, what's going to happen there? Nothing can happen. Did uh, Did James Cameron hate Bill Paxton? By the way. Um, uh, he might have. I'm starting to wonder because he. Oh, put, they put him in most of his movies. Yeah, he put him in almost every movie he was ever in, but he was such like an asshole or a moron in most of the roles. Yeah, he's he definitely in. an asshole or a moron in all of his roles. I didn't see Titanic though, but I don't know if he's an asshole or a moron in that one. Yeah, I guess he's just—he's more of a bored guy listening to an old woman talk. Uh, so, so he's a moron then. Yeah. All right, so drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Some casual smoking and drinking. Uh, a minor theme of drug trafficking is present in the film. 
it is presented it is presented as lucrative but a dirty dangerous business ah shit is it slackers no 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 see the n-word is it's i should know right away if, if i've seen this movie or not that's a really that's a really rare word to hear these days no kidding uh, unless you're listening to rap music yeah true huh a man slaps a woman in the face hmm threatening to break a neck and slappings this isn't pulp fiction again <laughs> No. Um, let's see. I am going to guess. I don't know. Go. No, that's a good thought, though. Uh, it is worth noting that much of the violence in this movie is depicted realistically and may be considered as disturbing to, st- to some, not for the faint of heart. This isn't... I think he already did this one, so it can't be Forrest Gump, correct? No. No, you can have another guess if you want. Because, yeah, we. The, it's not that. Um, I... I yeah, because that... I... Jackie Brown. No, but good good thought. Again, that's uh, far too few uh, instances <laughs> of a certain word to be <laughs> that movie. Mm-hmm. There is a scene which includes the buttocks of several nude statues, though this is brief and non-sexual. Look that they clarified that it's non-sexual. Right. Nude statues. Okay, so... Hmm, several of them, too. Conan the Barbarian. No. Okay. Uh, A woman reveals herself to her new husband. We see her bare breasts and nipples. And I'll give you one more, too. A woman makes a hand gesture implying her husband has a large penis. I have no idea. I'm sure when you say what it is, it's going to, you know... Is it? No, no. I say it can't be basketball because, again, the N-word is such a fucking, you know, obvious thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, 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 I can't even guess. All right. At a party for one of the characters, there are several women that are scantily clad. Hmm, at a party for one of the characters. Old school? No. Alright, I was trying to think when when someone threatened to break a neck in old school. Um, <laughs> a man gets into a fist fight with his brother-in-law while children are watching. Jeez, this is... Old school? It it can't be, because I'm I'm kind of getting a picture of what this might be in my mind. I cannot guess what it is. I I, I don't know. I I honestly don't. Yeah, it's probably going to take a few more of them. I mean, I have one that will absolutely give it away, but I'm going to wait on that one. Uh, This one might give it away. I've never seen this movie, so it might be pretty obvious. A scene transition features an unexpected appearance of a bird accompanied by a loud and sudden squawk. Oh, that sounds familiar. Hmm. Oh, it no, really? Hmm. Maybe he maybe he does in that movie. 
Is it is it um, bachelor party? No. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna give you two here because this one I just like the way this one's written. But lots of blood and guns. Period. Good bit of blood. <laughs> Lots of blood and guns. There's a good bit of blood in this movie. Um, A man is shot by others with machine guns. He is shown bloody with wounds from roughly 11 seconds, or for roughly 11 seconds. A bloody smear then appears on his mouth for two seconds. Wow, they they measured it down to the second. Uh, Now that you said the first, after the first part, I thought I had it, but I don't think I do now. Uh, It's not dust till dawn, is it? No. I'll tell you, it's not a Tarantino movie. Sure. Even though it uses the N-word. <laughs> From what I remember of this movie, they maybe they use it twice. They might use it twice, yeah. I remember one very specifically they use it. Hmm. Some of the banter between this character and his first wife could be considered sexual, although it's very subtle. Later, an affair is implied between this character and his soon-to-be second wife, resulting in scandal and loss of public election. Ooh. Okay, well, that's a big clue. All right. Scandal and loss of public election. Oh, wait, no. No. Yes. Yes. Okay, it's got to be that, right? Does he threaten to break someone's neck in that movie? I know someone slapped. I, I know the party. Where Very beautifully shot scene in that party, too. That I'll tell you about in a minute if it's the movie I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, it's got to be. I don't remember the neck-breaking part, but it's got to be Citizen Kane. You mean a mortician, a mortician, a mortician! <laughs> yes, it's Citizen Kane. The shot where they're at the party, and they're the two, Joseph Cotton and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but the, his friends, they're talking about him. Orson Welles frames the shot, so there's a window between the two of them, and in the reflection of the window is Charles Foster Kane dancing, and that's who they're talking about. It it like beautifully implies that that's always kind of between them and, and everything. It's that movie is brilliant. I love Citizen Kane. Okay, so I'm gonna give you the most obvious clue since since I got it. Uh, a man wakes up in his bed to find blood on his bed sheets. He begins to panic. Removes oh, okay, his yeah, clothes. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess it, the yeah, yeah, it does make sense. The Godfather, obviously. Yep, the Godfather. <sighs> I'm trying to, I, I, didn't, I mean, I should have I should have guessed it was an earlier movie because of the casual use of the N word. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it obviously all makes sense now, even the drug trafficking yep. part. Yeah, so that's that's the one. So the second one that I and have, I'll be I'll be more frank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and I knew you saw that movie because we watched it together. I, I, I'm sure you've seen it without me, but I remember the the first time I ever saw it, I was at your house. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And the second movie, and the third movie is not very good. No, no, it's not. Second movie is 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 very good though. I still kind of think I know it's sacrilegious to say, but I still kind of think I like the first movie better than the second movie. The second movie is tremendous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the, the first movie could exist on its own. I mean, the second yeah. one I guess could as well, but it'd be more confusing and par- big parts. I think the second one is a better movie, but I can definitely see how you could like the first movie more. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. If you're if you're objectively like rating the movie as far as you know cinematography, shot composition, and, and stuff like that, the second one and 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 even acting, the second one probably is is better. But I just like the first one more. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, obviously, uh, we we would uh, be neglectful not to mention that uh, Francis Ford Coppola actively supported a pedophile to make the film. Yeah, exactly. Jeepers creepers. <laughs> <laughs> so the second movie is one where I'm I'm kind of out on a limb because I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, but I'm confident enough that even if you haven't seen it, you might be able to get it, and I think you might have. But I'll just, I'll give you that proviso uh, at the top that I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. That's fair. So, under sex and nudity, uh, a few implied sexual jokes, including masturbation. Citizen Kane. (laughs) That's it. No, I'm just joking. Uh, No, no, not Citizen Kane. A person commits suicide with a gun. Lots of blood spurts out the back of his head. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption. What's funny is I was going to pick that one. Uh, that was literally the one I was looking at, but it just was all the clues were way too obvious. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not the Shawshank Redemption. <clears throat> like I, I, I have it in my next tab. Like I was looking at it as you were asking me the last question, just to make sure. But it's all the clues are way too obvious. Oh, if only. Uh, okay, profanity. One use of fuck, 15 uses of shit, a few uses of ass, crap, etc. There's also one scene where the middle finger is used by a child. Huh. Problem child. No, but that's that's definitely a good guess. Yeah, that title of that movie is not lying. That kid really was a fucking problem. He was. It was a big problem. He was such a problem that later John Ritter died. Jeez. I heard that uh, Gilbert Gottfried was on the uh, Love Line show. Okay, that would have been hilarious to see. And the and, and the kid from Problem Child, I think his name his name is Michael Oliver. I think mm-hmm. he actually got like, called up, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you know, I guess he hadn't talked to him in like twenty years." <laughs> uh huh. It was just weird. Like, like by all reports, like his family was just like was kind of like one of those really nuts families, you know, like the classic like childhood actor family. Mm-hmm. Speaking of profanity, frequent language throughout: forty-eight uses of fuck, four uses of dick and balls. Now I don't know if that's four of dick and four of balls, a combo of the two. I don't know, or maybe they say dick and balls forty-four times. 20 uses of shit, 10 uses of hell, 1 use of goddamn, and 2 uses of the N-word, also spelled out with a hard R. Wow, okay. So, again, 2 uses of the N-word, that's, I mean, in a, that's tough. In your, in your household, they call that a good day, huh? <laughs> I know, like you just said, it must be tough for you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's definitely restrained. We know <laughs> my my swear jar is uh, is full of uh, nickels because that's what every time we say the n word, put a nickel. You won't see any uh, Harriet Tubman twenties in there. <laughs> um. Okay. So the fr- and the first clue was someone shoots themselves. Hmm. And it's bloody. Hmm. That's tough. 
because, I mean, obviously my, my mind goes to Tarantino, of course, because the N-word. But I'm guessing that's not it. Uh, Again, that's way t- I don't think I've ever seen a, a Tarantino movie that has a word in it that's only two times. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. What's a movie where someone kills themselves? Um, hmm. Oh, it's not. <laughs> what the hell was that movie called? The one with Hitler. <laughs> Inglorious Bastards? No, no, the uh, no, the one, the one where like the, it's like the last days in his bunker or whatever. Oh, with Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it's called. I've seen like you know the memes and such. I'm guessing it's not that. It's not Downfall. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I guess. I but don't know. Uh, yeah, it's good. Hitler's dead. <laughs> well, I guess everyone can change their tune, huh, Mark? <laughs> Um, okay, so this is under drugs and alcohol. Uh, teenage sex... Um, yep. Okay, yeah, I think it's my turn, actually. No, I just guessed downfall. Yeah, so... Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, Sorry. Te- All te- those Hitler talk got me worked up. <laughs> you know, he wasn't quite as bad as Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stalin killed more, you know. Oh, you dick. I was thinking of a drink when you said that. <laughs> uh, teenage cigarette smoking, teenage drug use, use including cultivating marijuana and smoking marijuana from a bong. Encino Man. Mm-hmm. No, but I'll say not necessarily because of who made it or who was in it, but maybe more era, uh, you're on the right track. That's fair. A woman is shot in the abdomen. Blood soaks up her blouse. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. RoboCop? No. All right. Um, and just uh, just as a clue, it's nothing by Paul Vanderhoeven. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the kids falls out of a tree and breaks his leg. We see him lying on the ground in pain. He is taken to the hospital. Huh. Uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Nope. Yeah, I don't know. A man is choked and kidnapped by an unknown individual. Hmm. Mystic River? Oh, uh, no. Okay. Let's see. I'm running out of ones that won't give it away. Um, no, I did that one. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that. Okay, I got to chance it with that. Uh, In the beginning, the babysitter goes into a teenage boy's room. There are posters of topless women. The nipples are covered with items, though. Is it Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Yep, there you go. Oh, yeah, I haven't really seen that one. I know Alex has seen it, so I wasn't sure. I've seen parts of it, but I I haven't seen it. I didn't know there was like a drug, uh, you know, side plot or something. Yeah, her brother, Kenny. I gave it a real near do all from the bits I saw of him. Oh, yeah. But he cleans up his act. Don't worry about that. 
I'll give you a couple clues. Um, I haven't seen this movie. I'm 100% positive you have. Okay. So I, I might be giving away more than I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is under violence and gore. This thriller film does not have any kills until the last 20 minutes of Hmm. Saw? No. Right. I was no that that doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> Let's see. A woman expresses her acknowledgement of a man's fantasies about fucking her. The man denies in disgust. A woman touches the protagonist's arm in admiration to his physique, and then asks his girlfriend if, if he's truly better in a reference to his sexual performance. Belki Bartakamus will be disappointed in you right now. Well, the only movie I can think of for the minute is... Well, let me see. Yeah, she does get shot. That is true, yes, I think. Is it The Langoliers? Oh, uh, no, it's... I, that's not a direct reference. So you'll you'll see when when you figure out what it is. Okay. A house, a house is set on fire. A house is set on fire? Hmm... Okay. You are going to be uh, very upset when you find out what this is. Probably. (laughs) A person's brain is operated on with detail. The incision is seen and the top of his head is removed. We briefly see the brain. The scalp and skull are thrown into a wastebasket. Extremely graphic and very disturbing and shown in bloody detail. The scalp and skull are thrown into wastebasket, so they're not using that anymore. (laughs) Um, So the person's either got to be dead... Or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any other. Let's see, a brain operation. So, a movie with a brain operation uses the N word twice. Someone gets, or won't some woman get shot in the abdomen? Hmm. Fuck. Um. I don't know. <laughs> Give me another one. A joke about sex slaves is briefly said when a character asks another about a situation being suspicious. This joke is referenced to again later in the movie by this. Hmm. Sex slaves. Fuck. Um. Oh, is it uh, taken? No. When do they now? Because they don't. They don't do a brain thing in that either. <laughs> hmm. An older woman asks, is black really better, referencing the penis size of a young man? Oh, okay. So, so. oh, wait. No. That doesn't happen in that movie, does it? A brain up? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think you figured it out. Yeah, get out. Correct. <laughs> oh, my God. How did I not get that sooner? As uh, Balky Bartakamus would say, get out of the city. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh my god. Yes, that makes sense. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I should have got that way sooner. So, yep. uh, for the, the, the kids at home here, um, this is your, your game. If you want to win a prize, I would suggest guessing. Uh, let's see... Oh, hey, I've got someone killing themselves in this one, too. Uh, So, violence and gore. A man commits suicide by shooting himself through the mouth off-screen. We only hear a gunshot. Uh, Let's see. Several instances of smoking. A couple brief instances of drinking. 
uh, a few scenes of peril, as expected from the movie's premise. Nothing substantially violent, though. And let's see if I can get one that is... I guess this is the most... I mean, this is really... This is hard. I guess this is the most descriptive one in here. There is a quick shot of a rotted corpse with worms crawling from its head. I'm going to give you guys one more because all of these are extremely... I'm going to have to make up one, I think. This movie is based on a book. A somewhat popular book. That's all I got. So, if you can get this one, good for you. And you'll definitely deserve a prize. Mike, I'll, it, uh, I'll cut this might out. Might be super bad. <laughs> Alright, so, now our... Oh, wait, we gotta do a promo. So, last week, I had no idea what show we were doing a promo for. And it turned out that we were doing a promo for Retro so we did a promo for, uh, you know, the other show, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, the today we're doing a promo for a really a really popular show on the network, just one of the most popular there is out there. In case you can't tell, I'm I'm wasting time so that I can look it up because <laughs> I still don't don't know what we're doing it's the next one down on the list i'll tell you that it is uh oh is it philosophy i was on the show i like the show a lot actually it basically explores what like different kind of big picture question things the episode that i was on we talked about the episode of black mirror where uh you know it's the 80s but they're dead and they go into a they get poured into a computer basically uh and that's the afterlife uh that was a an interesting episode we talked about what it meant to be alive basically could you live forever is that possible is that really them is it somebody else and we we went around and around on that and answered no questions but it was a really interesting conversation so here is long story short uh you are not alive anymore this is copy of you yeah, I agree. That's what I said. Yeah, that's what I said on the show. That was what I. That was the conclusion that I ultimately came to. Is that it's not you. It's just uh, a clone of you. Even if you know you think yeah, it's you, it's not. You have to believe in magic for that to actually be real. Yep. So here is a commercial for Is It Philosophy? On Is It Philosophy, we are not going to explore the philosophers of long forgotten. We'll not ponder Plato or Socrates. There's so many podcasts out there for that. If that's what you're seeking, this is something different place where all ideas are welcome an open forum to talk about anything and everything we take an idea and work to find an answer it may not always be the most insightful so come and listen with an open mind who knows you may like what we have to say so come and enjoy and ask yourself is it philosophy well that was is it philosophy check that show out uh really good matthew does a really good job on that show uh, our, I guess, I don't know if it's our main topic or, or whatever you want to call it, but the little review section of the show we do now where, where it comes to uh, streaming stuff and, and all that stuff. Uh, Mike, I, I don't know if you watched any of it. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I watched uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I watched the first yeah. three, I think. I didn't watch them all. Yeah, I watched the one with Seth Rogen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the one before that one. Eddie Murphy. 
Yeah, I saw the Betty Murphy one. That one was really fascinating. And like the same day that they came out with like that episode, there was like a, suddenly a story that Netflix was in talks with Eddie Murphy to produce a, a new comedy special. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that one with Eddie. Yeah, Murphy. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's one or more, but they say it's going to be like a seventy million dollar uh, you know sort of deal. Oh, that's good. He needs for someone more who money. hasn't done, for someone who hasn't done stand up comedy in like thirty years, right? Um, I mean, I would be I'd be nervous as him. I mean, he hasn't done it in so long, and like. If you look at like his old stuff, it's like super like it would not fly these days because it's like very unpolitically correct. Oh, absolutely. He like, he uh, talks about his Mr. T part a, a bit, you know. Is, yeah, yeah. It's I know it's kind of nuts. But yeah, he talked that it's the longest one of the first one uh, with Eddie Murphy is the longest one of the season I saw, and it was like you said, it was really fascinating. I I really feel like I got a look into into Eddie Murphy's kind of life and personality a little bit. And I have to, I have to say, I know, you know, how you feel about Seinfeld and his stand-up comedy and everything. I was never the biggest fan of Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up comedy. I liked the show, but I think the parts of the show that I like are a lot of the stuff that didn't necessarily have to do with Jerry Seinfeld. A lot of the Sure, stuff but I he liked. did a lot of the writing, so I mean, you would. Yeah. I mean, from what I heard when they wrote the shows, like, they have like a writer's room, mm-hmm. but pretty much Jerry and like uh, Larry David did the entire script. Like, they'd act the writers, like, yeah. hey, what's something funny that happened in your life? And they were all like, kind of like crazy personalities and like stand up comedians, you know? So if you think about it, I can't name a single person who was a writer for Seinfeld who went on to like be super successful aside from Seinfeld or Larry David. I could be wrong. I mean, no, I think, I think you're right. They certainly didn't have, it wasn't like your show of shows or, or, or the Dick Van Dyke show or something. Yeah. Like it's that. not like the Simpsons. It's not like the Simpsons writer room, yeah. writer's room or Conan O'Brien's like writing staff, you know I mean? It's not, I mean, Louis C.K., you know, sort of there. Well, I, I just, I like how I can, I like how I give an example uh, of two shows from like fifty five years ago, <laughs> and uh, and you gave the uh, the contemporary example. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 I mean it's not like it's like you know the greatest like uh, writing staff ever, but I mean mm-hmm. I mean I'm not a big fan of uh, you know like we said before I'm not a huge Seinfeld fan, but mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I appreciate like I really like him on the show like his actual person I really enjoy. He's just yep. kind of fun, you know, and he's like really, you can tell he's kind of arrogant, but he, he's, you know, has a deserved reason to be arrogant. He's like one of the most successful like TV writers slash stars of all time. And I think he has an awareness of his arrogance too, which... Yeah, which, which makes it funnier. Yeah, and I, I like him a lot when he's not being funny or not trying to be funny. Like the serious moments from him on the show, I think, or, or the parts where he's just curious about something and... and really wants to ask somebody, you know, about something or they're having a discussion about just different philosophies of stand-up comedy. I think that's the best stuff from him on the show. Yeah, I think when he's being honest, like people think he's joking because like he's just kind of an asshole, but mm-hmm. he's like, you know, not not embarrassed by it and he like th- he realizes that he uses it to it as his advantage. Yeah, exactly. Like those are the funniest moments in the show like uh and then our McDonald's show, like Norm McDonald's like, oh, uh, he's like, clean comedy, comedy is superior. And Jerry, without hesitation, is like, yeah, it's superior. <laughs> Which, you know, he's like well known as being a clean comedian. <laughs> yep. Even on, curious enough, even on the show, they I've noticed they bleep like the, uh, you know, the profanity. Yeah, they do. And, and Seinfeld never uses profanity. I never hear him being bleeped. Like, it's like always like, you know, Eddie Murphy had a decent amount, but Seth Rogen was just like swearing left and right. And yeah, it was just he really was. It was, it's, just, it's just weird that it's beeped, you know? Yeah, it's and I guess I I assume that that just comes from you know how you were raised and I swear a lot so I'm not uh, you know obviously I use the N word a lot so. <laughs> but, but 
but no, I, I, I swear a lot. So I'm not saying that if you swear, it means your household was worse. I just mean it's, it's different. Um, obviously like, you know, Seth yeah. Rogen and, and guys like that, they grew up in, in households where, you know, swearing was a little more free. And I'm going to guess that Jerry Seinfeld's parents like never swore. So, I mean, that just rubbed off on him. Yeah, that or maybe you think it's like a better marketing tactic. Like, uh, it's possible. Like the comedian Brian Regan, like he's like he never like swears on stage, but off stage he does. But people just assume he doesn't like him. And like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Gaffigan. You know, yep. they're they're adult human beings. I'm sure they swear. They just choose not. They want to make their shows as accessible to as many people as possible. And like, mm. it's actually kind of harder in some ways to not swear when you're doing comedy. So I would imagine, yeah. Like Jerry sure. said, I'm sure it is in a in a you know in a way superior. Yeah, I guess there, I remember him saying something, and it might have been on that Norm MacDonald bit, or it might have been on something else, but he was talking about, I think it was a joke about Superman or something like that, something that's right up Jerry Seinfeld's alley, and he said he was working out the joke, and he used the F word in the, you know, in the joke, like his fucking cape, or, or, or something like that, and he said, I tried it without the swear word, and it didn't get a laugh. It only got a laugh with the swear word. And he's like, so I just cut it at that point. Because he's like, well, it's not, if the joke can't stand up on its own without the profanity, then, you know, it's not a joke I want to use. It's not, it's not that good of a joke then. It was his point of view, which I, I can see, you know, what he's saying there. Sometimes swearing just is funny, though. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean to each their own. But... But, yeah, Eddie Murphy's episode was absolutely fascinating. When he talked about his kids, his adult kids that had left the house, and what it felt like. And, you know, we both have kids. We both have, Mike and I both have young kids. Don't Google us or come look for us. Obviously, that's not uh, that's not on. But don't, don't, so don't do any of that. But, but just to let you in a little bit, uh, and I never use our last names on purpose. Mike. Um, <laughs> Because I'm afraid of you people. But uh, Mike and I both have young kids. And for me, I don't know if it did the same thing for you. But for me, when he was talking about it, I kind of hit home where he was saying, yeah, when they become teenagers, they kind of go out, but they always come back to you. But when they leave and they're leaving for good, it's like you just walk around a room and cry and stuff like that. And I, I started thinking about, I mean, my oldest is 13. You know, she'll be uh, 14, um, you know, in September. And which is insane to me. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> but... Uh, but, you know, like I think about that and I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, at some point they're going to leave the house and, you know, they're going to have their own lives and that's going to be weird. So I felt like I got a, like a lot of in, intimate look at, at his life. And plus, when he was talking about doing stand up comedy and, and saying that, you know, you got to work things out and, and things like that. And Eddie Murphy kind of I've like you and I are pretty much on lockstep with this I think about comedians should be able to joke about whatever they want about, want to about but Andy Murphy gave me even more fuel to to argue with when I have to argue against people about this when he was talking about he made a joke about uh, Joan Rivers husband that killed himself and because she used to make fun of him all the time and he was like oh he got got sick of those jokes or whatever and He's like, because I was famous, that came out, Joan Rivers got hurt and everything. He's like, that wasn't even a bit yet. I was just trying that out. And he's, you know, he said, you can't know if something's funny. You have to work it out on stage. Like, that's part of his writing process. And that makes sense to me, where, you know, some things like that can blow up. But it's just a comedian working on something. Do it, it, 
could this be funny? Can I turn this into something? Yeah, it's like funny? a it's like a rough draft of a uh, you know a, it, something that needs to be finalized. Exactly, and and that you know they should have the freedom to be able to do that and, and work out things like that. And he talked a lot about that, about wanting to come back and do stand-up, about wanting to work out on stage and everything like that. And and I think you and I are the same in this in this instance, too, is I'm fascinated by comedians and stand-up comedians and kind of what their process is and how they write things and stuff like that. So this stuff is like gold to me. Yeah, it's... And, and it's a really weird comedy. Like, if you hear, like, a joke once, you're basically, like, if you ever hear it again, it's, it's not funny anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's, like, so it's, like, and it's it's so bizarre. Like, it's, like, you know, basically stand-up comedians are doing their best to make you think they're just coming up with something on the spot that's just, you know, absolutely hilarious. Whereas, you know, uh, my wife and I went and saw David Tell a few years ago, and then he released a special afterwards. And it was all the same joke from this, you know, it just wasn't funny anymore. But mm-hmm. when we actually saw him in person, like, we were, like, right stateside and it was like I, I i was like you know having so many like those big laughs that like make you feel like you can't breathe you know like yep. it was just like the whole the whole show was like just like great joke after great joke and then when you see it again it's like okay i've heard that you know it's that whereas like you know with music you'll hear like a song and then like oh i want to hear it the more you hear it the more you like it you know to an mm-hmm. extent but it's like with like comedy like after the very first joke you know you basically shoot like all your you know your shot on that one so yeah, the the surprise is a big part of it. Like this, like there's so much about a joke that that how it works is you know kind of surprise or 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 an introduction of a new idea. You know, and you're right. After that initial that initial thing, it doesn't it doesn't really work that much anymore. Ricky Gervais told a joke on the episode that that he was on, and I've never found him hilarious or, or anything like that. But he was, uh, and don't tweet at us, Ricky Gervais, because I know that you search your name on Twitter and all that stuff to try to, uh, you know, call people out that say bad things about you. But, uh, you know, we're good. We're on good terms, Mr. Gervais. But uh, anyway, he told a joke that I thought was really funny, like one of the funnier jokes I've heard, where he says he came up on stage and said, uh, I've been... 18 years sober and they all start clapping and everything and he kind of holds up his hand and he goes the the first 18 years <laughs> then he <laughs> says every year after that you know I've been, I've been drunk every day uh, since then and then he said the paper picked it up the next day and says Ricky Gervais admits to being drunk every day since his 18th birthday <laughs> which is just ridiculous <laughs> yes but uh, so, yeah, that that like the surprise of that, the setup and then the surprise of the payoff, that's that's what makes that really funny. And I also found interesting about the uh, Seth Rogen interview is I always heard that Seth Rogen was like a stand up comedian, but according to him, he really wasn't much of one. Like he mm-hmm. moved like to the United States and like, you know, he just like gave it up quickly to become a writer. I know he wrote on the um, the Ali G. Show. Yeah. I don't know at what point, but, um, and then obviously he like, uh, you know, went on the show Freaks and Geeks, which I think he also wrote on that one. I could be wrong though. No, I think you're right. I think he, I know Paul Feig did a lot of the writing, but I think he was part of the writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just kind of interesting because like, I, I thought this whole time he was like a stand-up comedian, but he, according to him, he really was barely a stand-up comedian at all. Yeah, I like his analogy, too, where he says that a buddy of his wanted to be a boxer, and he said, I, I wanted to be a boxer until I, the first time I fought a guy that really wanted to be a boxer. 
Right. <laughs> and he says, I came out to, to L.A. to be a, a stand-up comedian until I got to the clubs and, and saw people perform that really wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And he's like, I'm just not as good as these people. Right. And they showed, they showed one clip of him, which was, you know, I mean, it was somewhat humorous for a, a 15-year-old kid, but but not, you know, uproariously funny or, or anything like that. Uh, right. Seth Rogen's a little hit or miss for me, I guess, as far as his movies go. But I do appreciate uh, his comedy, and I like at least at least a handful of the movies that he and Evan Goldberg have have written. I think are are very funny. Yeah, like uh, like I always joke that uh, our first guest, my first guest, is always super bad. But right. that's a really funny movie. I mean, I always forget how funny it is when you rewatch it. It's like, well, yeah, I forgot. I mean, I. I know a lot of people don't like Pineapple Express. I've seen not all of it, but most of it. I, I, I like the parts I saw. I thought they were funny. Yeah, I actually like Pineapple Express, too. Yeah, and I like, the, I like This is the End a lot, too. This is the End is one of my favorites of his movie. I, of his movies, I think. That's yeah, it's a, just like a crazy movie from the beginning to the end. And I was, I was surprised because I heard the premise of the movie, and I said to myself, okay, well, this is going to be terrible. So I, I didn't go to the theater to watch it, and I never really had any desire to watch it. And then it showed up on TV. On We have YouTube TV instead of, like, actual cable. Um, and it came up on there, and it's unedited, which is good. And I, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to... I know they have movies on there. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, they, have, they have... There's two ways you can get movies on there. If movies are playing on any of the channels that you have... It, then obviously they'll they'll record if you ask them to, but they also just kind of have a bank of movies that uh, that they have on there as well. That they'll have they'll have little commercial breaks, but not as much as if you were watching on regular TV. But they're unedited, nice. which is good. Yeah, that's cool. So I watched. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out because I you know I like Seth Rogen and I'm just gonna check it out and see what it was. And I was really surprised and I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that Seth Rogen one was was really good as well. Obviously, I think you know maybe a, like a third of the length of of the the Eddie Murphy one. Yeah, it was like eighteen minutes. I think the Eddie Murphy one's forty minutes. Yeah, but yeah, the they were both they were both really good. And like I said, I started watching the Ricky Gervais one is two parts, and I watched the first part, and I haven't watched the second part yet. But I'll probably finish that at some point this week, and and we, maybe we can talk about some of the other ones. Uh, that were on there later. What uh, what else did you watch this week? So I watched um, Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> my wife hates when I say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just like saying his name like it's a last name. Don't, don't <laughs> this is a, a big derailment here. Uh, don't you think it's hilarious when you call someone's nationality with the word man for the last name? <laughs> like, oh, he's an Englishman. <laughs> just what the fuck? <laughs> or a Frenchman? Right. <laughs> Although the best one, which I think is Chinaman, mm-hmm. is probably racist, so you can't say the best one. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> but it's... When you think about it, it's it's not a huge list of people you could use that for, you know? No. You can't say German men, but you can say Dutch men. Uh, shout out to our listeners in, uh, Absolutely. in the rest of the Netherlands. Yep, that's right. I often uh, accidentally call the Netherlands Amsterdam. <laughs> not those fucking Finmen. Right, Exactly. Yeah, what do they call people in Finland besides assholes? Oh, I was just say douchebags. <laughs> Finlanders? I don't know. Uh, anyway. Is it true that Dolph Lundgren has never once stepped foot on uh, Swedish soil after he left? I believe so, yeah. He, he never went back. 
I'll assume as much too. And I think he disowned the family that that decided to stay. As you should. Uh, but yeah, I saw uh, Spider Man. We're we're not we're not close to where we live or whatever it's called. Far from far from the matting crowd. Oh, not the into the the Spider Verse. No, I, I I still need to see that. That's on Netflix. But I watched uh, yeah. yeah I watched Spider Man Far From Home. Um, it was fine. I mean, all you the only reason I honestly it's like I said it's it's sadom it's masochism at this point because. The only reason I watch it is because I had to watch all of them to do reviews on them. And now that I don't really do the reviews anymore, I don't have to watch them, but I kind of feel obligated to because I've been watching, you know, it's like the 24th film or, or whatever. It was fine. That, I mean, you know, that, uh, that's really all I have to say about it. <laughs> you know, I know people say the third time's a charm, but I really think we need one more trilogy of Spider Man movies to really see where he came from. Exactly. The third trilogy of Spider-Man films. But yeah, it was, you know, it was okay. I think Tom Holland is really good as Spider-Man. And, you know, it's it's fine. It's it's a movie. All the exciting parts. If you care about Marvel movies at all. <laughs> He's only a person on drugs who's never seen a movie. Right. It's fine. It's a movie. <laughs> remember, remember that one time uh, Statue of Limitations is done i'm sure but uh, i'll cover it anyway remember that one time that i was on all that um the nickelodeon show all that (laughs) yeah remember when i was on that no remember remember that time that i was on that medication that was medically necessary for me to be on you know the, the medication that alex and i used to take together and we went to see the mod squad movie oh my god that was the worst fucking movie and I, I was so gone that I had no clue what was going on in the film, which means I probably had a better time than you. But uh, yeah, but I knew that there was. I, I this is how this is how cliche this movie was. Even that gone, I knew that someone had betrayed them, or there was someone within the organization that was like a double agent or whatever. And I remember I leaned over to you and I said to you, I know, I know who it is. I I know what's going on. And I just started laughing in the theater because I had no fucking clue. Like I was bluffing. I don't know why. I was bluffing that I knew what was going on in this movie. You probably knew I didn't care enough to ask. Oh, but yeah, so... Uh, anyway, I don't remember what we were talking about, but oh yeah, Spider Man. So it was it was fine. The, the if you care about Marvel movies at all, the only thing that really matters are the two end credit scenes. <laughs> so if you want to just sneak into the movie theater and watch the last five minutes of the movie, that's all you really need. Why don't you just see what they are, so you don't have to even go. No, I will say. Oh yeah, I guess I could just explain it to people. So in the I'm gonna. This isn't actually the order they come in. the The one that you're going to care about comes hey, first. And what if What if I just watch all the uh, in credits? Will I then kind of know the whole story of the Marvel universe? Yes, I think you will. I mean, maybe there's like a secret, like hidden movie, like uh, you know, in the Simpsons, where they used to have the McBain character. Mm-hmm. Like apparently, all the all the little clips of McBain, if you put them together in chronological order, they actually make a movie. Oh, that's brilliant and exactly the type of thing I could see Matt Groening doing. 
Yeah, not exactly the kind of thing I could see the people in the Marvel movies doing, though. No, I don't think so. But the so the second one is a reveal that what's her name, Maria Hill and Nick Fury are actually scrolls in disguise from the movie Captain Marvel. Who cares? Um, and, and I don't think anyone saw that. And the we talked about it on the show, but I agree. I don't think you saw it. I think Chris and I saw it, and you just came along for the ride. But that's exactly what happened. But the the I mid- watched five minutes of it, and it was fucking terrible. So I stopped watching it. <laughs> the Believe mid- me, I, I I try these. I really do try watching these movies. They're just so bad. I can't watch them. <laughs> I know you do. the The mid credits scene was J.K. Sim- or not? Yeah, J.K. Simmons coming back as J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Nice. Arguably the best part of the original uh, Spider-Man series of movies with Toby. Oh yeah, he's he's great as that character. So he he came back. Toby and, Keith. Yeah, he came back and reveals not live in Spider-Man. He he came back and revealed uh, Spider-Man's secret identity to to everyone. So I guess he's got to deal with that in the next movie. Whatever. If uh. If Toby Keith sang a song about 9-11 in a, a universe where Spider-Man existed, how do you think the lyrics would go? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a man, but but you've been made into a Spider-Man. Do you think he'd be pro or anti-Spider-Man? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. It seems like the police are anti-Spider-Man. Yeah, I think, I think based on that, he probably would be anti-Spider-Man. It's, what if he blamed Spider-Man for 9-11? Why didn't you hold up the towers when they were falling with your webs? <laughs> why didn't your web string up to heaven? <laughs> exactly. Oh, Toby Keith, Spider-Man song. Someone's got to do that. Oh, did you see anything else this week? No, I really didn't watch a lot of TV this week. I, I was really excited about the uh, Comedians in Cars. Mm-hmm. So I watched like four or five episodes, but... I saw some clip on YouTube that reminded me that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out this week, I think. Oh, yeah, that's true. I do want to see that. Yeah, it seems like a fun uh, message from my wife, if you're listening. Uh, do you want to maybe go on Friday? I know we talked about this, uh, but we'd have to go with uh, Matt as well, because, you know, he likes to come over and hang out on Fridays. Ugh. Or maybe on Sunday. Would you be... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, would you uh, Would you possibly be interested on Sunday? Uh, let me know. Does she like Matt? Oh, yeah. Okay. Everyone likes Matt. Good. Yeah, I like Matt too. I drove with Matt to Las Vegas in a car one time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a fun trip. But and we both, for some reason, took pictures of us going a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, that was very odd. We both, while the other one was sleeping, we both had the idea to while we're risk driving, the other person's life. Yeah, while we're driving a hundred miles an hour on the freeway, take out a camera and take a picture of the speedometer. <laughs> Oh, so shout out to Matt. But uh, I saw another show that I think I'm going to wait to talk about uh, until next week because I've only seen the first two episodes, but it's called The Society. It's a uh, TV series on Netflix that my wife and I are kind of into. So I think I'll just reserve to talk about that next week unless we talk about, unless we both see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then we can talk about that next week and then we'll talk, and I'll talk about The Society the week after that because. It's not going anywhere. That's fair. But that is our show for the week. Uh, as always, tell a friend about the show. Tell them, hey, you know, these guys are funny. 
or they suck and you'll laugh at them. <laughs> whatever, whatever you feel about the show. Uh, but just tell a friend, give us, uh, you know, some reviews on iTunes, interact with us on social media. We're massive late fee everywhere and probably massive late Mike on Twitter for Mike. That's so- that sounds right. And I think Carol is still. Yeah, this will be Carol's Carol. name and then replace Carol with Mike. That's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think hers is still late underscore Carol on Twitter if you want to get at her uh, on Massive Late Fee because we can never tell anyone to do that because that takes place in 1994. So, Oh, oh but- uh, if anyone happens to know Shaquille O'Neal, please tell him I would like a refund for the movie Kazam. Yeah. I've asked him on uh, Twitter, but he just dodges the question. <laughs> and tell him we want him on the show and he doesn't even have to eat spicy wings to answer questions from us. He does have to apologize for Gazam, though. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And actually, if we could get him and uh, Sinbad on the show together, so that Sinbad what? can dispel the rumor that he was in a show or a movie called "What does everyone think it's called?" It's not Kazam, Kazam or Sh- Shazam. I think it's Shazam. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't understand where that confusion comes from. I do. It's the most racist thing in the world. It's the fact that they're both larger black men, and. I, I don't see how anyone could ever ex, you know confuse the two though. But here's here's the thing, Sinbad used to wear those those huge like puffy pants that look. Are you, are you telling me he doesn't still wear those? I'm like sure. he has enough money to buy a new wardrobe after uh, <laughs> right. his career. But those those look like genie pants. So I think that's where it came from. People knew that there was a black a big black dude uh, that played a genie, and everyone's like. Oh yeah, he used to wear those those puffy pants. It's probably him. I think that's. Remember when, uh, remember when he was in uh, the movie Necessary Roughness with uh, Scott Bakula, and he was like a professor, and he just suddenly was on the team. What, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. I don't understand that at all. How do you? How, how are you a professor and a football player at the same time? I actually like that movie too. Well, it's a fun movie, but I mean, it's just... And, and that's where they took a Rod Schneider's uh, copy machine guy character yep. and just put him in a movie playing the same character. Like, hey, do that do that fumble roost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I and, still think the program was better. Yeah, the program was probably a better film altogether. But I, I guess probably necessary roughness got less people killed from uh, doing push-ups in the street. Uh, maybe. Uh, well, that is our show for the week. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, bye. See you next time. MySpace.com.